0: Welcome to Is It Philosophy? Here we are the seekers of truth. We are the askers of the questions. We are the answerers of those questions? Maybe, I don't know. Each episode, myself and a guest or two will start with a question. Then we will set out on a journey to find an answer. In the end, it's up to you to determine is it philosophy? So, everybody, welcome back to the season two premiere of Is It Philosophy? Tonight, I have a very interesting topic we're going to talk about, and it is do soulmates exist? And I've got two other people joining me today. If you will, guys, take a moment, introduce yourselves, tell everybody what your show you're from, if you have a show, and, and we'll go from there.
1: Okay. I My name is Lindsay Post. Um, I don't have a show. I am a psychic medium uh, based out of Wisconsin. I'm also a licensed spiritual counselor and an ordained minister. And I have clients all over the country and some in Canada. So that's what I do. Uh,
2: my name is Dina. I'm a producer on Things I Found Online podcast, which is based here in Los Angeles, California. And I also am a freelance social media marketer.
0: I appreciate you guys joining me for this topic. Normally, I give my guest the first word on the topic, but seeing as there are two of you, I'm going to be selfish today and and take the first word on this topic. So my wife and I have been talking about this a lot since this was a show we were doing, and I have a very... Distinct idea of soulmates. I don't believe there is such a thing as a soulmate because for one reason and one reason only it would be my luck that my soulmate is in India making tennis shoes for $2 an hour and I'll never find them. So I just I can't buy into the premise of one soul for one person floating around out there somewhere for me.
1: And, you know, if I can cut in there a little bit, it sounds like a lot like what you're talking about is twin flames, which is a lot, a lot of people get that confused, those two concepts confused. Um, the twin flame is an idea, and I don't really have, I have trouble buying into this idea myself, where when we're born, it's kind of a yin and yang, our spl- soul kind of splits, the divine male, the divine female, and you have a little bit of the divine male, and you have a little bit of the di- divine female in both, and you don't meet each other in every lifetime. But when you do, there's certain things that mark that, and that's that one soul and you're meant to do big things in the world. There's a few theories on that. I have trouble buying into any of them. I kind of am kind of what you said when it comes to that idea that I feel the same way. I I kind of feel like there isn't just one person for everybody. But when it comes to soulmates... It's a little different, at least from my perspective and what I explained to my clients is, you know, you don't have to, a soulmate doesn't have to be a lover. It can be a friend. It can be a family member. It can be, it can be a lover. And usually when it's a lover, it's a nightmare relationship. You can have more than one. It's, it's just, there's, you know, it's, it's a different type of relationship. And you know it from the very beginning.
0: So what do you think, Dina? What's your take on this?
2: So I think that there this is such a complicated, like a deceptively complicated topic. I asked my husband what he thinks about soulmates and his answer was just like, yes, they are soulmates and you're my soulmate. And that's the end of the story. <laughs> um, and there's no there was like no room to. Talk further, or debate, or anything. Um, in preparation for this show, I watched one of my favorite movies of all time, which is called Hedwig and the Angry Inch. And it's premised on this idea of, I guess, I don't know if you would say in this particular movie, if you would say soulmate or twin flame. But he relies heavily on mythology to, like, tell the story. So I guess it was Aristophanes who told this myth of how humans used to be two people who were, like, basically connected, who had four arms and four legs and kind of were lived, like, back-to-back to each other and felt whole and complete. And the gods... Didn't like it. So they split them apart and left people wandering the earth, like looking for their other half for the rest of their lives. And hopefully they found them, but there's, I don't think there's any guarantee, right? Mm -hmm. So what the, the kind of point of the movie is that he was searching for his other half and then he learned that there's no other half, like he's everything. And he was looking for that like answer from out, from outside of himself. Which you're never going to find, right? You, you have to complete yourself. You're not going to find someone who's going to make you feel whole if you don't already feel that way. But having said that, it's an incredibly romantic idea. And it's very difficult, I think, to completely give up, you know, especially if you haven't like paired up yet, if you're still looking or dating, um, you're still like searching for that person. It is a really, really difficult act to just sort of say, okay, there's no soulmate for me. Like there's, I'm just gonna kind of do my best to find (laughs) sort of like the person that's going to, it's just kind of takes the romance out of it. Right. If you, if you take away the concept of soulmate completely.
1: Yeah, if you take the love part out of it, it takes the romance out of it, which takes kind of the fun out of it. But and realistically, I mean, with my clients, what I see a lot of the times when they get into soulmate relationships, especially if they're romantic partner relationships, they're the worst possible. I always tell people, one of the most loving things you can do for your soulmate is let them go once the lesson is complete. Because that's one of the reasons, you know, at least from my school of thought, soulmates come into our lives is to teach us lessons. And we have life lessons we need to learn. And People come into your lives to teach you things, but when that lesson is learned, the best thing you can do to let them is let them go because, and that's the thing with soulmates. A lot of times they'll find your their way back into your life because it's, they're your soulmates. So when you have a lesson to learn and it's something they can teach you or vice versa, you'll find your way back to each other. You right. know, it doesn't necessarily, that's a, that's where it goes where it doesn't necessarily have to be romantic. And like you said, it kind of takes the whole romanticism out of it and, Unfortunately, that's not what people want to hear, but like I said, from when I, my school of thought comes from that they, they don't have to be romantic relationships. And when they are, they're usually nightmare relationships because they might be all good and fun for the first few months, like every relationship, but then you're going to have to deal with some very heavy issues and those relationships rarely survive them.
0: When we're talking about soulmate relationships being difficult, doesn't that kind of counter and isn't that kind of counterintuitive to what everybody is told and what we're all taught when you find your soulmate, that relationship is easy and simple and it's natural and you guys just click and you, you, there Mm -hmm. is no fighting argument. Absolutely. It's crazy to me to hear you say that when you find your soulmate, it's going to be the most challenging, difficult relationship you have because. Hollywood has told me that's not true. Are you telling me Hollywood is lying?
1: Oh, God. You know what? Hollywood never lies. Don't you know that? No, I mean, really, yeah, when we get to the realistic, and you actually study it, and you study the energies, and you study the concepts of it, it's nowhere near what Hollywood tells us. And I think that's why people have a lot of a big misconception of what a soulmate actually is. I, I hate using that term, honestly, because people yeah. always, as soon as I spit it out, people misinterpret it.
2: Well, everybody attaches their own meaning to it. Yeah. And I mean, I think some people have like imbued it with such a deep, heavy kind of connotation where they, they put this concept of soulmate, right? On a pedestal. Mm-hmm. And they're not like kind of seeing what's, what's really going on around them. They're kind of like looking for something. That's, you know, maybe like a little bit pie in the sky.
1: Mm-hmm. And that doesn't exist. It just doesn't. Like earth is not perfect. We as humans aren't perfect. You're not going to find a perfect human being to partner up with. You're just not. It's it's not possible. I'm <laughs> nobody's right. perfect.
2: Well, I don't think it's about perfection. Like I think when I think of what most people consider a soulmate, I think of somebody who understands the other, you know, the other person, like two people that fully like get each other and like that may be you know that may lead to difficulties that's not necessarily right a, a great thing on all counts but it's like someone that can sort of see it see into your soul like more right than- it,
1: they can mirror you and that's yeah. one of the ways you know that you found a soulmate is because they mirror you and that's not part mm-hmm. of the hardest part is the fact you've got someone mirroring at you because they don't mirror just the good they mirror exactly. The bad exactly And nobody wants to see the bad in themselves.
2: Right. And then you have, that's when you have like the big knockout drag out fights because you're, this other person is revealing things about you that you were hoping never to have to see. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely.
1: Well, then if
0: that's the case, my wife and I are wholeheartedly soulmates. (laughs) (laughs) We will get, and not anymore, but I, when we first met, I was a jerk. I can put it mildly. She stuck with me throughout my entire four years of beginning of our marriage being a complete and total just asshole is all I can say. And now we have the best relationship ever. And that's what her and I were talking about before. And that's what she said is we are obviously soulmates. She's like, but I don't believe in in a single soulmate. She's like, I believe you can have more than one. And it's just a matter of making it work with whichever one you find. So in in her take, and I I like this idea that you can find a soulmate, but you can find more than one.
1: Yep, and that's exactly my view on it, too. I totally believe that. I mean, I... I, at least, in, I, even in my own personal life, I feel like I've had multiple soulmates in my life. And I'm divorced right now. I'm not even with anybody right now. And I can, you know, before we even went started recording, I was talking about, you know, I have a best friend that I've known since I was 12 years old. And, you know, our relationship has withstood so much. I mean, and even though we've gone, you know, a year or two here or there, sometimes three or four years without speaking to each other, we always find our way back to each other. And she's probably the one person in this whole entire world I can rely on. God, my first love when I was in high school, um, even after I was married, we still stayed in touch. And uh, till the day he died, I mean, it was crazy because I would get in arguments with my husband and then I would go to him and he would to talk to him. And a lot of times I get mad at him because he would be taking my ex-husband's side and I'd be going, what? <laughs> you're supposed to be taking my side. What are you doing? You know what I mean? But like I said, soulmates mirror you and they show you the parts of you that aren't so good. So, you know, that happens too. And, and you know, he had a knack for that. and It wasn't always like that. I mean, he showed me the good parts of myself too, but that was, that was a pretty big you know, deal it, it. And and that was another instance, too. I mean, sometimes we'd go a year two years without speaking to each other, but we would always find our way back to each other. And that's the thing that I've noticed that, at least in my life, that happens with soulmates is you can go a little while without speaking to them, but they seem to always find their way back. And I try to, to explain that to my clients, too, like when they think they're losing their soulmate, I'm like, this person truly is your soulmate. You'll see them again at some point in your life. They'll come back in your life at some point in your life.
0: So that's that's fun. I like that idea a lot. That we there can be more than one. So I struggle though with something that one of you I forget who is I think it was Lindsay. You said something effect to the effect about soulmates being a, a twin flame or a divine soul or something to that effect.
1: Yeah, twin flame. A lot of people get that make those two theories mixed up. The twin flame is the whole romantic one person in the world for everybody. And there's a lot of theories that say we don't meet that person in every lifetime. There's some theories that even say that it doesn't necessarily have to be a romantic partner. I mean, there's so many theories out there and it's more of a newer concept that I've seen over the past few years. I don't know if I really can flow with that because I mean, this is all pseudoscience, but it's almost too pseudosciencey for me, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, it does. And I I understand that. But so where I was going, though, is I have recently and and by recently, I mean, in the past three years, started to dive really deep into the the concept of Buddhism. Mm -hmm. And in Buddhism, the the belief is there is no self, there is no singular soul. We are all one soul. Everybody is you and you are everybody. Mm -hmm. So wouldn't that idea then sort of either do away with the idea of of the twin flame or make it so that everybody is that person
1: you know and i'm glad you brought that up cuz i would think so yeah i mean and and that's kind of why I, I i think that this is such a good topic to have because it really depends on who you ask you know what i mean like if soulmates exist or not i mean depending on what their religious beliefs are what their spiritual beliefs are i mean cuz you know you're right that to, i mean just with that small like clip of information that you just said, yeah, I would think that, yeah, it would do away with it, that idea. But then again, to some point in the matter of we're getting religious, I mean, I do kind of believe in the concept of everybody is all connected. Our energy is all connected to the earth and everything's connected. You know, as far as human souls, I feel like we're all individual human souls and we all are split up. So you know, one soul can meet another soul and you can either be like just regular friends or acquaintances that are meeting each other or you might meet somebody that, I mean, everybody, I believe everybody has a purpose for coming into your life, but you might meet somebody that really has a strong purpose. You're drawn to, they come in and out of your life. It's like they can see deep inside of you. It's like they know what you're thinking before you're thinking it. There's a lot of interesting things that go, a lot A lot of times, you know, you'll meet your soulmate in, during childhood, but you won't actually start any sort of friendship or relationship or any real interpersonal relationship with them till you run into them again in high school or in, as an adulthood, you'll start working. You know, you'll find, oh, we lived in the same neighborhood and we went to the same schools and we did this. and we. But for some reason, we never really connected till now. I hear that a lot, too. And, you know, they say that that's a sign of a soulmate, too.
0: So real quick, before we go too much further, speaking of, of coming in and out of your life, our last person finally joined us. I want to give Mark a chance to kind of join the conversation with us and share his idea of a soulmate before we dive too much deeper into this.
3: Hello, everybody. Sorry sorry about that. Uh, there was some weird thing going on with my computer where it wouldn't let anything access my microphone, so I had to to update some some kind of
0: software or something like that, but I, I'm I'm here now.
2: Hi, Mark. Hi, Mark.
0: So, Mark, I had everybody else tell us their take on it. What is your take on the idea of a soulmate?
3: Well, you know, it's interesting. The idea of romantic love is is kind of new in, uh, in human history. I think we see a lot of the whatever people think of as the ideal as far as love goes in, in, in different things and in, in media. So, uh, you, did, you know, Disney movies uh, going back to the beginning, uh, romantic comedies, uh, things like that. There, there's a lot in popular culture that kind of leads us towards believing in this ideal of romantic love. I, I don't really think that soulmates exist. I don't. I, I I caught the tail end of of the conversation uh, based on the the religious principles of it, which I think is a, is an interesting component. I I do believe in some sort of higher power, so I, I think that's uh, an interesting aspect to the question. But I think with people, it's more a melding of of, of personalities. So human beings are are social animals. And, uh, the, one of the things so the internet is wonderful for a lot of things, but one of the, th- the, one of the things that it hurts us in is that I think it's, it deprives a lot of people of that kind of socialization, uh, where everything is sort of, uh, depersonalized and human beings really are social animals. Basically, when you find someone that you're compatible with, it, it's a mixture of, of several different things. Uh, kind of, you know, your belief structure, your thought process, uh, empathy level, uh, different things like that, uh, that either mesh or, or they don't mesh. And I really think that successful marriages, successful relationships, even successful friendships or or successful relationships uh, between children and their parents are more dependent upon effort that's put in by the parties involved and by basically a happenstance of science as to whether or not their personalities kind of mesh. Uh, I guess the question that I would have is, if there really is truly one person for everyone else, then how many people actually get to experience that? How many people actually find that one person
0: Throughout the course of their life, I would think that would be very difficult to do, and that was kind of that was kind of my take on it. Is is my soulmate? If this was a true concept, is in India making tennis shoes,
3: so <laughs> I'll,
0: I'll never find them. Right. So I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. One thing you said, and and I want to jump on this real quick because you said something to the effect of of social media and and social, mm-hmm. and I love that idea, and I want to bring it around to the concept of. Online dating, eHarmony. I'm sure there's other of them out there. I don't know any of the other ones.
1: Okay Cupid. Okay Cupid, yeah. Le- yeah. That's probably the most legit one that I've found because and I've decided to stop recently stopped. I've decided to stop online dating altogether, but that's another subject. Okay Cupid is
3: where I met my wife.
1: Is it really that OK yes. Cupid is the only place that I've actually met legitimate, like decent guys that are halfway decent? Mm-hmm. But all the other sites have just been crap. But that's another whole other topic.
2: <laughs> I have like I have no um, opinions on dating sites because I've been with my husband since 2006. In terms of technology, the closest we came to like online dating was like when we were chatting on MySpace before, like you know, in the in the beginning of our relationship. So like I have no opinions on it. But I've always thought if I was single, it would be like a great thing to take advantage of because our dating sites that really like speaking of, you know, what makes a great relationship, right? There's dating sites that, that will like get down to what are your preferences? Like in all these different areas and like, what's important to you? Like, what are your values? Like things that you can't Mm -hmm. know about someone if you meet them in like a bar or something. So I've always thought that was, that could be like really helpful and finding your, I thought
1: that same thing too until the last seven years. I've on and off used dating sites, and I found that it kind of goes back to the social media concept. It it's like people people answer their own questions and they lie about who they are. Mm. So you're so you're and half the people don't even read the profiles. So right. you know it's like you're not you're meeting. It's a lot easier to lie to a screen than to lie to somebody's face or over the phone. Oh,
2: so yeah.
1: I, I mean I. Right.
2: Or are they lying to themselves?
1: Or, yeah, and they're lying. A lot of them are lying to themselves. I'll give you that too, which they don't like to hear that either because I'm not, I don't sugarcoat. So (laughs) that's probably why the online dating thing doesn't work for me.
3: When I first went on to OKCupid, I, I had been married. I, so my first wife I met in high school and uh, we were married for a while. We had uh, one daughter together. Uh, We ended up getting divorced. And then, uh, I, I took a while off of dating to basically to raise my daughter or to begin to raise my daughter as she was, she was around three when we got divorced. And I really didn't think that it would be fair to her to kind of try to get into a relationship when she was, you know, around that age. So I took a while off of, of the dating thing. And when I went back in, you know, I wasn't in college anymore. Uh, I worked from home. It was, you know, online dating was kind of, the only uh, recourse that I had, but I decided to make a profile as a woman first because I wanted to see what was out there and I wanted to see how, how guys were interacting with women and, you know, ba- basically try to get some ideas of like, you know, what works, what doesn't work. I only got ideas of what doesn't work. Because there you go. <laughs> I, I, I took I, I took a picture of just just some picture I found online and put it up there, and I had this profile for I think three days, and I got so many messages of so of like various disgusting nature
1: <laughs> from yep. different. Welcome to online guys. dating. Welcome to being a woman in the online dating world. It was, yep.
3: <laughs> it, was it was a real eye-opener. It was horrifying. It is. So, so I said to myself, I was like, okay, so what I'm doing with the messages that I'm sending, because usually what I would do is I'd go and I'd look at uh, someone's picture, someone that I was matched with or whatever. I would look at their profile. I kind of read, you know, about them and everything. I'd look about them and then I'd you know, I basically, I'd ask questions and things like that, try to get to know, uh, people better. And that was kind of the, the approach that I took. I, I don't know. I was probably maybe like 50% on, uh, people that responded to me, but I was like, okay, I'm doing things the right way anyway. And it wasn't too long before I, I found Carol, who's my wife, uh, and we started talking. And then, you know, we started talking on the phone. Then we, You know, we went out and all that stuff and, and, you know, everything kind of went from there. We've been married for almost seven years now.
1: See, but it sounds like to me, like you, before you started doing the dating thing, you like got yourself together and got yourself healthy. I find that there's a lot of mentally unstable people on dating sites and they're just lonely
2: yeah and you know, yeah. and that's
1: and that's a huge problem too. I mean, and it sucks it just kind of sucks being like in the career path that i'm I'm in because i'm a helping I'm a helper. I want to help people, and I find myself a lot of the times having to push people away that I feel bad. I feel guilty about it because I feel like these people are really they need help. But I'm not trying – I'm trying – this is personal. This isn't business. You know right. what I mean? So it's like I can't take on the weight of their world and then still continue to work. You know what I mean? It's just not going to work. What do, you, then, what do you do? Oh, I am a psychic medium and a licensed spiritual counselor. Oh, okay. So And I also am a licensed grief counselor and an ordained minister. So Nice.
0: So I've got one thing that I want to throw out there with this whole idea of, of online dating and, and the social – aspect, the social media aspect of, of dating. And, and Mark said it when he was talking about how him and his his current wife were matched. And I think that this whole idea of online dating, and no offense to, to Mark or anybody else, but I, I think it, it creates a bunch of, of bullshit for our, our society for one simple reason. My wife and I are, if, if we both were on a dating site, OkCupid, eHarmony, whatever, we would never be matched. We are opposites from each other in almost every conceivable way.
2: But... Can I ask how you guys met, you and your wife?
0: I was with a buddy of mine at a media multimedia store. It's closed now. It was like a media play type store. And they were friends from high school. We went back to her place or we went back to our place and hung out for a little while. And I thought she was the most annoying human being on the planet. (laughs) Couldn't stand her. But my my buddy's girlfriend was like, dude, you've got to call her. You've got to call her. She literally dialed the phone and held it up to my ear so I would talk to her. And from that moment on, her and I have been inseparable other than some shit that happened early in our relationship. But we are, according to her, we are 100% soulmates. And that's why I don't like this idea of, of online dating because we didn't ever been matched up because we are so different from each other. So uh, my question and and my thought process on this is is that whole concept, that whole idea of online dating, eHarmony, OkCupid is is cheapening how you can create a wonderful, lasting soulmate bond, soulmate-esque bond, if you will, with somebody who is completely your polar opposite.
1: I completely agree.
3: But see, I think, Matthew, I think you're confusing... Preferences with values, maybe. So you and your wife, uh, you know, might be polar opposites in terms of she likes chick flicks, you like action movies or something like that. But I would assume, I mean, I, I don't know, but I would assume you're both, you know, prone to monogamous relationships. I would assume that maybe you share certain, uh, spiritual ideas together. You know, you both want kids or you both don't want kids. You have, uh, certain ideas about how kids should be raised or how kids shouldn't be raised. You know, different things like that. When you, when you come to like what the core of a person is, I would assume that you guys are more in lockstep than you're thinking. And I think that's what a lot of the, The algorithms that those uh, online dating sites do, I think that's a lot of what they try to and and with varying degree of success depending on which one you're talking about and how much science has been put into it or whatever but i think that's what they're trying to get to is those kind of core values not necessarily preferences because i you know my wife my wife loves twilight right and i'm not like a huge fan of twilight but that's not a pillar upon which we build our relationship you know how we raise our children is a pillar upon which we build our relationship or our relationship to, you know, God or some kind of higher power That's a pillar that we build our relationship upon and things like that I think every relationship needs those things that people have in common in order to To have a successful relationship
2: the concept of the soulmate kind of feeds into like a personal mythology that we all have about our own lives that we're all, you know, the protagonist of. And now that everybody's talking about, like, how they don't believe in soulmates, it almost makes me want to argue for soulmates. But um, when, like, for example, in my case, you know, my husband's just like, we're soulmates, like, that's the end of the story. I think it's more complicated than that. But I think it's easier for me, maybe than somebody else, to um, kind of hold that Idea that my husband and I are meant to be because I was born in the Ukraine 13 years after he was born um, in Detroit, Michigan. And, you know, we both Mm -hmm. ended up in (laughs) California. We both ended up in California and we both went through like these different people that were wrong for us before we ended up together. So when you think about like that experience in terms of your own life, where you're like the star of the show you kind of, it's easy to sprinkle like the magic dust on it and think like, Mm -hmm. yes, soulmates. And I think... It can you can do that no matter what the situation mm-hmm. is. So if you had if you met your significant other on on OK Cupid or eHarmony or whatever, you could definitely like create a, a story that goes along with that that makes it feel like so special, so unique to you. You know, Matthew, even your story about how oh my God, I didn't like her at first and then, you know, it's sort of it's there's absolutely, like, an opening there to to describe it as, like, this was destiny. Mm-hmm. I would definitely agree. Uh, Matthew, were you on here when we were talking about how, like, your soulmates
1: or soulmates mirror you, the good and the bad? So, like, even though you, bu- you built things up on similar values, even though, like, she doesn't like Twilight movies, and or she likes Twilight movies and you don't like Twilight movies, that doesn't necessarily make you guys not soulmates. So I mean, I mean, this is my personal belief, too. I mean, that soulmates, like, you can have more than one. They don't have to be lovers. And also, a lot of times, they can be nightmare relationships because they mirror you, the good and the bad.
2: Well, I don't think you can talk about soulmates without talking about, like, a little bit about psychology, mm-hmm. right? Because, like, the most passionate relationships that I've ever had, and I wouldn't call these people my soulmates, but <laughs> they were definitely, like you know, life-changing, passionate, amazing relationships that blew my mind in every possible way. And I think, you know, looking back, I'm almost positive that it was both my and the other person's traumas that ultimately like brought us together. I don't want to call that person my soulmate because our love was based on, I think it was real love, but it was based on like unhealthy, terrible things that happened to us.
0: Well, I think, it's, I think it's Latin that translates passion into to suffering. Don't quote me on that. I'm probably wrong. <laughs> but I know there is one translation for it that is suffering or to suffer. And I think that's why a lot of those relationships that are passionate and burn heavy and fast and hard do wind up causing us to suffer because you can't be passionate without some type of suffering to go along with it. I think there's right. always that, like we talked about before, that, that yin and the yang to everything.
1: That's a that's definitely a wonderful point. I I really like that. That makes a lot of sense. I I agree. And I think,
3: you know, I think those relationships that are super passionate and that's all the relationship is based on, those are doomed to fail because there's Mm -hmm. nothing they're vacuous. There's nothing really behind
1: them. They're shallow.
3: Yeah, exactly. And and there, there are, you know, most relationships start out Passionately, There's there's mm-hmm. there's some spark of, you know, lust or chemistry between two people. And then once you get to know them, that's when you find out if there's if there's really a there there. Right. And, and right. I think, you know, when you find that out, I think that's something that you can build upon.
1: Right. And then that's, you know, and that's when you truly find out is this person. I mean, yeah, there'll be, I mean, a lot of times there'll be that, that magnetic attraction if a person is a soulmate. Um, whether, and like I said, I really don't like just. Putting this with romantic relationships, because to me a soulmate can be any relationship. It's not. It's a more mm-hmm. of a soul family idea. Still, even when you meet a person, the first three months they bring their representative, and they, you know what I mean. They mm-hmm. represent themselves as who they want to be, not who they really are. And once you get past right. that, that's when you can tell: is this really something good or bad for me? Is this something that we can really work on or build on? Is mm-hmm. this somebody that can help me or hurt me? Can this person make me a better person or a work? Is they are they can bring me down or whatever you want to call it you know so that's i think when you really i mean it's kind of like that love at first sight thing like i do not believe in love at first sight that i i just don't like I, I, I when people bring that up i'm just like that's just hogwash because you can't just love somebody at first sight but you can know whether there may be potential there down the road mm. for love
2: I always say when I when I first saw my husband, we met in a bar at like a friend's mutual uh, birthday, mutual friend's birthday party. And I always say that the minute that I laid eyes on him, I knew that we would be together. Like right. I just knew immediately. I didn't know that we would fall in love. I didn't know we would get married and have a child. I literally didn't know if any of that would happen. I just knew that there was something that was going to happen between us.
1: And that's what I call soul recognition. Usually that like that's when I would point out to somebody, I'd say, well, you know what? That's a sign that they're your soulmate or a soulmate because you recognize their soul instantly. You could see through them and recognize their soul instantly. You knew them from some other time, place, or whatever.
0: I want to change gears for just a second and and piggyback up for something that that you said a minute ago, Lindsay. And that's the idea that a soulmate doesn't have to be a romantic partner. Can a soulmate, and follow me for a minute, okay? I'm going to get a little (laughs) weird, but follow me for a minute. Can a soulmate be a pet? The reason I say that is- I had
1: that
2: same thought. I think so.
0: So I have a a reason why I say that. I knew that was coming. So I for when I first moved out of my house and graduated high school and everything, my my aunt was working for a vet and she had a box of Maine Coons kittens dumped at the the vet's doorstep and she got rid of all of them but one. And I went to visit her one day and this cat was sitting in her bathroom, stole litter training. And he instantaneously took to me, he hated every single other human being that he came in contact with, but he would sit on my shoulder and just, he loved me to death and he gave him to me because nobody else could handle him. And him and I had an instant bond of, I I tell my wife and she thinks I'm crazy, but my, my Buddhist belief is he was a friend or a somebody that I knew in a past life coming back in that form. I wholeheartedly believe that with every yeah. ounce of my being.
1: And I think that that's absolutely a valid
2: idea, and I wouldn't discount it at all. Yeah. Anyone that comes into your life and affects it, I think, can be your soulmate, a soulmate.
1: hmm I agree. I mean, that cat has a soul, that animal. You, I can't remember. Did you say it was a cat? Okay. Yep. That cat has a soul. It doesn't mean that that soul can't, you can't recognize that soul. That soul can't recognize you from some other time, place, dimension, whatever. I mean, you know, I'm not trying. I mean, like, it seems like this can piggyback onto other subjects like past lives or reincarnation or, you know, other realms, other dimensions, things like that. But I mean, you know, just looking at the energy of that soul, clearly the soul recognized the other soul. And when it comes to animals, I mean, they're very intuitive. And, and I've noticed this a lot of times that, you know, you can, for example, when I was growing up, I had a, you know, I had a dog that I truly believe was a soulmate. I mean, he, he died. Oh my God when I was 19 years old, I'm almost 36 now. And I still have dreams about this dog. (laughs) You know, I still think about him and I still cry about him and I still miss him. But what I'm getting at is like, he was like, he was all bark and no bite. But, But if there was somebody that would come in the door that, and this was rare, that he didn't trust or was not a good person, he would be like freaking out, growling, biting, jumping. He was a Jack Russell Terrier he would be doing everything to protect his loved ones and his home and, you know, or whatever. I mean, and I've seen this with other animals too. And children too, small children too. Like they can just tell, they can sense energy. If a person's a good person or a bad person, or I shouldn't say a good person or a bad person, but they can sense the energy of the soul. Like, is this somebody that I want to deal with or not? Basically. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, and animals have this amazing, like, pure, unconditional love that they give us, right? And we base our assessment of our, you know, as someone who's our soul, part of our soul family on, you know, the affection that we feel towards them and that, you know, they give to us. Absolutely.
1: As a matter of fact, I mean, I've, like I said, I'm a psychic and a medium. Um, first and foremost, that's most of the work that I do but that in spiritual counseling. And I have a lot of people that come in and they want readings done on their lost pets. <laughs> Believe it or not, it's that's who they want to communicate is with is their pets, mm-hmm. because they were that close to their pets that have passed. And I have seen it where it's like people have these connections with their pets that are almost like unwavering. I mean, It's crazy. I mean, like, these pets are, like, with them still or they are waiting for them on the other side or they're with other loved ones on the other side, whether it's their grandparents or some of them have had deceased children that they're with, and they're waiting for them to come back. It's just really interesting because, you know, even when they're alive, animals tend to communicate in pictures. It's just really interesting, like, when they pass, like, some of the connections that humans have to their pets that are like they're very human-like connections if if you want to call them human-like i mean what's human like but i mean i guess that's the only way i can describe it
0: so we're we're saying definitely on on a soul connection
1: with pets yeah i do agree with that yes
0: i'll tell my wife because she thinks i'm crazy
1: well, you're not. I don't. Well, everybody thinks I'm crazy, so I don't know if I would be much help to vouch for you. No, I'll take the confirmation anywhere I can get it. And how Lindsay
2: was saying that um, we're we're looking or we will be mirrored right by our soulmates. It's sort of like when you're when anybody is with an animal, you you really see that person's true self, right? Like you can see what kind of person they are based on how they interact with animals.
1: Especially if it's their pet. Like, do they have a cat that's just kind of snooty and wants to be left alone? Or do they have a cat that they're holding and cuddling? And and then is this right. a person that doesn't really want to interact with people, but they'll interact with their cat? That really shows the true kind of, like, what kind of true soul they have inside. I mean, I mean, more than, than not, people have these guards up. I, I'm one, and I will have firmly admit it. I put a very, very... That guard wall up if you want to call it just to kind of protect myself but I mean I do wear my heart on my sleeve ultimately it's just I think a lot of people put these walls up to protect themselves but when you see them interact with something like it's an animal like you know you see that wall instantly go down so you can see that light come out of them. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Let's explore this idea, and and we said it, or I think Lindsay said it, or maybe Dina said it. Um, this idea that a a soul can be your complement, your completion. Uh, you, you gave that story about that myth, right? And, yeah. And I I think my wife and I have had this conversation too in the past, where my shortfall is is where she is the strongest. For instance, I I, I hate social gatherings. I hate interacting with people, minus my podcast for whatever reason. I just, I'm a homebody. I want to be at home by myself and away from society in general. And my wife's the opposite. She wants to be in a gathering with as many people as possible, wants to be the center of attention, loves that whole whole aspect of things. And, And we've had this conversation before where our two opposite ends of the spectrum complete each other and force the other one to do things that they're not always comfortable with doing just because we enjoy spending time with each other. Could that not then be another view, another take on the idea of a soulmate where it's, it's the f- person who completes you, who causes you to move out of your comfort zone, challenges your ideas, your thoughts, your your beliefs about yourself.
1: Well, actually, again, that would be more the uh, concept of a twin flame, a twin flame. They say they are opposites. However, that said, when you were ending up, wrapping up that statement with, you know, them helping you like, you know, step out of your comfort zone, be a better person, that would be something that a, a, a soulmate would help you do, because that is truly what they're there for, is to teach you lessons and to teach you your life lessons and try to help you grow. So, you know, and like I said, like the whole twin flame thing I'm kind of uh I kind of I mean I'm not I have, don't have it totally written off but I'm not I don't know I just feel like there's not enough research done on it and it's too new of a thought and there's too many theories on it for me to really have a a firm view on it. But that's a big thing that when it comes up with Twin Flames is they say that Twin Flames are opposites of each other and that's part of it. It's like, you'll meet your Twin Flame and they will be the exact opposite of you and there's usually a runner. So, one's going to be constantly trying to run while the other one's going to be trying to you know, pursue the other, and I mean, there's a million theories on this, but I mean, so I could go on all day on that. But then, when you get to what you said at the end of what your last statement, like I said, and just basically that person making you step out of your comfort zone and be a better person, yes, I, I mean, that is what a twi- not, not one What what is what a soulmate, or and and it doesn't matter if it's a lover or not. Just, a, you know, a soulmate or somebody in your soul family is meant to do for you that they are meant to help you with that. I mean, that is what they are placed in your life to do at, at any given moment, whatever you are working on in that karmic cycle in the moment.
2: I totally agree with, um, with everything <laughs> so far. Um, going back to Hedwig, which is like the way, the only way that I know about this myth and the only place that I've really like seen it expressed like in any form i tried tried looking for some original text you know from like the greeks that has um that actually like sets forth the all you know the entire like the story so in hedwig in the movie he's searching for his other half because he thinks he's that person he or she is gonna make him happy it's gonna make him feel complete And that will like take away everything bad that's ever happened. And he'll finally at last be whole and be happy. That's a really romantic notion, right? Because especially like coming from the place where, you know, I've struggled a lot in my life and the idea of somebody like coming in my life and just like taking away all the problems is so appealing. And I think I'm probably not the only one. But ultimately, like the point of that particular movie is that He finds happiness by completing himself, essentially like finding the two halves inside of himself. And I think the real, the soulmate, the love of your life, like that partner that's going to be the best for you and kind of put you on the right track in all aspects of your life is going to be someone who comes in and helps you find yourself helps you be who you need to be completely on your own outside of them. And then they're just like there as completely like as a partner, as somebody who's by your side, not somebody who's like plugging into you and helping you find the other part of yourself that you feel is missing. It's like that person who's complimenting you by being at your side, helping you be a better person who's already whole does that make sense oh absolutely and i think that
1: a lot of people that again misinterpret that as like a soulmate's gonna like complete them like you like you are saying the movie's about and that's not what it's about it's it's definitely you know you're whole without somebody it's having that person complimenting you or that soul complimenting you and helping you through the difficult things because we all go through trials and tribulations and that's having those soulmates around you to help you go through those trials and tribulations i think that's what it's all all about
0: That's something my wife has said to me before. Is that she, she she's not my compliment. All she's doing is bringing out the parts of me that I've buried so deep that I've forgotten exist. She's like, "There's no way somebody could do what you do." I, I've been a musician most of my life. I've played on on stages and stuff in front of people. And I am a completely outgoing, fun-loving, the craziest person you will ever meet when I am on a stage. Off that stage, I am very reserved. I'm very. I take myself really serious. And she's like, I'm not bringing anything out of you that isn't already there. I'm just helping you break that wall down. Is, is right,
1: right. Yeah, and that's, that makes a lot of sense. I think you've got a very intelligent wife. <laughs> She'll listen to this.
0: Don't tell her that. <laughs> no, I love her to death. If she's listening, sweetie, I love you. You are a very smart person. Well, so I think we are are coming up on the end of the discussion. Uh, Mark's been kind of quiet, so I want to give Mark the opportunity <laughs> before we wrap up to to give us and I'll go with everybody, give us your final thought on this. What is your your take on this after our discussion? I'll start with I'll let you start, Mark.
3: So, ultimately, uh, you know, kind of like I said at the top, I think that soulmates don't necessarily exist. There's not just you know, the the idea, at least if we're taking the idea of a soulmate as one person meant for one other person, I think that for most people, there are several people in the world that you could, you know, potentially have a very successful relationship with that lasts for the rest of your life. I I think that I'm lucky enough to have found someone like that in my wife. I don't necessarily think that you know, like she's the only one that exists out there. But I, I feel very lucky that that I found her and I know and it, it didn't take a huge long time to figure this out. And I was older and a little more wiser at the time. But I figured out fairly early on that she was the kind of person that we could have a marriage that would last for the rest of our lives. And, you know, we're in a very stable place in our relationship, and, you know, there's no doubt in my mind that it will be a lifelong relationship. If you want to say that, you know, our souls are, you know, in some way compatible, and it's more than just our, our brain, then I guess that she's a, a you know, a soulmate to me, then in that, in that case. But like I said, I think it, it's more about your personalities, your experiences, uh, sort of how you were raised, uh, and, and just, it's the nature nurture thing. So, you know, part of it is just genetically how you are, and part of it is how you were raised, and those things make up who you are. And there are certain people that gel with that. There are certain people that don't gel with that. And, and I think that's true across kind of all relationships, and I really think that that's the essence uh, of what it is. And if you're looking, you know, I think the things to, to look for, if you're looking for someone, if you want to try to build a long-term relationship, is, you know, you need to look at those things that are what you, you need to be able to be good at looking at yourself and saying, right. this is who I am. And this, these are the things that I believe. And, you know, if somebody believed this, this is something that would eventually get in the way that I, I just can't, that's not something that I can go with. So you need to be able to re- be good at looking at yourself and what you believe and what you think and, and just the things that make you, you, those core pillar things that make you, you, you know, that's kind of how you, you, you figure out who you'd be compatible with. And I think that's more important than, than this idea of, you know, my prince will come one day or something like that. But yeah, I mean, that's basically my thought process on it.
2: So I started out kind of being, leaning more towards like, yeah, soulmates don't exist, but now I kind of feel like maybe they do. (laughs) Um, I'm like half joking, but like not really. So here's the thing. So um, Matthew, earlier you brought up like your Buddhist faith, right? And you were talking about how in a Buddhist- reality there's no soulmates right like a soulmate wouldn't make sense yes because it's just like one how would you describe it like one love among all like we all share our consciousness our love our um our brains and hearts is like all one thing so i believe that we're all kind of headed as ultimately as a society as a civilization as a human race we're headed that way that one day we're all going to be beyond like our egos and beyond individual needs and competition, all the stuff that makes up our daily lives now. And we're all going to be just like one happy, whatever, like one um, entity, basically, right? Like I do believe that eventually if the human race makes it for hundreds of thousands of years, like that's what that's where we're going to end up. That's my personal belief. So in the meantime, we can kind of have fun with this idea of a soulmate or, you know, whatever makes life like more fun and more romantic and kind of more exciting. Practically, I think that there's probably, you know, not like just one person meant for everybody. And I just kind of don't like the idea of the term or the idea of somi being used as a way to kind of like turn away, you know, good relationships that might require some work. Um, I think that everyone has like a little bit of a fantasy life that they retreat to and then a real life. And if we can kind of compartmentalize those things and have a little bit of both in our lives, then, you know, we might, that might be the key to happiness.
0: I would have to completely agree with that. I think that is, is very much the way to go about it. Well so Lindsay, your your turn. What are your final thoughts on this idea?
1: Oh well, I think that Dina said it very wonderfully what she said. I mean, I one thing I, I I really want to take away from this conversation, especially since it was so based on love partners, is it still kind of reiterates my belief that people don't, they want to put that romanticism to a soulmate and they don't want to really look at it for truly what it is and what we're really, like what we're looking at, like what defines a soulmate and what defines that closest in a soul. Like, does it really have to be a romantic partner? Mm-hmm. Um, I think Mark had some wonderful insights. As far as, you know, having that more than one, because that is, I explain that to everybody. That's my school of thought. We have more than one. They don't have to be lovers. Um, and then when you brought up your, your Buddhist faith, I think that, that again, really, th- That kind of, you know, made me stop and think because... But then, like Dina said, you know, I believe the same thing. Like, I believe that humankind is just in a terrible spot right now because they're looking for somebody to complete them. And when they do that, they associate that with... A, a, you know, a soulmate or a magical person that's just going to come and save them. And it's like, you can't love somebody until you love yourself first. And I mean, I think there's so many issues with people, uh, you know, in the dating world that have no business dating because they're not ready. They're not there yet. And they're just going to completely, fi- they're going to keep finding these unhealthy relationships, whether they're soulmate relationships or not. I mean, they're meeting their soulmates and they're just not ready. And that's why soulmates come and go. But... Yeah, that's what I take away from it.
0: Yeah, I like it. I I, I think there's a lot, and I, I know that, Lindsay, you tried to, to play it down a lot, but I keep coming back to this idea of, of the twin flame thing. I really, I gotta go with that. I like that idea. I think there's a lot of... Based on my relationship, I think there's a lot of truth to that and a lot of, of stuff that I want to explore more about that concept. Because yeah. I'm leaning I'm leaning more towards that as opposed to the the soulmate thing or, or whatever.
1: Yeah, and there's a lot, you know, it's a, a it's it's not a new concept, but there's fairly new information out on it and multiple schools of thought on it. So if you researched it a little bit, I yeah. think you would be surprised at what you found. Like I said, it's a little too pseudo y for me. But- though this is all pseudoscience i can't really i have not i mean and i've been studying it for probably at least two years now and i still can't come to a complete conclusion on how i feel about it but when it comes to soulmates i'm pretty firm in my beliefs um you know i and i think that a lot of people like i said connect it with this romantic idea and i don't think it has really anything to do with romance
0: i'm putting it out there on the air when my wife listens to this I have a new concept. I need to buy books on, sweetie. I love you. We're gonna get a lot of Amazon deliveries soon.
2: <laughs> <laughs> should, I highly, I highly recommend. Um, if you guys haven't seen Hedwig and the Angry Inch, I highly, highly recommend it. It's such a great movie on so many levels. And um, Matthew, if you wanna kind of look into the idea of twin flame further, I think it's kind of a fun place to start or to kind of involve in your research.
1: It really sounds like it. I've heard of that movie. I just never
2: watched it. Now I want, now I'm curious to watch it. Yeah. Same. Yeah. You guys watch it and then we'll have another conversation. <laughs> about- <laughs> That's a, a season
0: finale on the topic. Again, I'm good with that. <laughs> okay.
2: I'm in. <laughs> well, I
0: want to thank you guys. Lindsay, Dina,
1: Right? yeah
0: you got it. ha I got it. it only took me an hour but I got it <laughs> and and mark for for joining me on this one this was a really interesting idea and I, I gotta say I'm I'm leaning more towards the the twin flame thing. I, I want to hear from everybody else out there who listen to this. what are your thoughts? Give me leave me a comment go to my Facebook page let me know what you think. And again guys, thank you so much. hopefully. I'm really serious. I think we should do this again as a finale, maybe dive even deeper into the the topic.
1: I am all for it. Just let me know. Mm -hmm. Yep.
0: Well, awesome. Uh, Thank you guys again. And I look forward to doing more stuff with you.
1: All
2: right. Great. Have a wonderful night.
1: Thank you.
0: Okay. So there it is. Is it philosophy? Go to our website at www.isitphilosophy.com and leave us a comment. We'd love to hear from you on Twitter and Facebook as well. Help us grow by going onto iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts and subscribe. And take a moment and leave a review. Until next time, question everything, seek your truth, and don't be afraid to speak your truth.